welcome to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we seek deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. We're back this week to honor mamas, biological moms, stepmoms, foster moms, adoptive moms, spiritual moms. Listen, we want to honor women. Here with me to discuss how to cultivate a peaceful heart in the heart of our children and ourselves is Danielle Portman, a member of my ministry team. Danielle is a wife and a homeschooling mom of two children, ages 13 and 4. She also writes on motherhood and education with a heart for encouraging moms to find peace in motherhood and has a podcast called Renew motherhood. And let me just say, I just want to listen to her podcast just to listen to the music. I've told her that before. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thanks, Denise. I'm really excited to be here. And oh, this is such a good topic today. I'm so excited to talk about it. You know, even just as we were, she and I were talking and collaborating on this topic. I'm like, this is so needed right now. So moms, I pray You are blessed by this episode. When I think about cultivating a peaceful heart, this means to me that peace does not just happen. We work to create a peaceful environment. And we want to talk about that today. How do we do that? The scripture for this episode is taken from Isaiah 54, 13. All your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. Danielle, in a world without peace, this is a challenge for us to raise children to have the peace of Christ in a godless culture. What are some ways you cultivate peace in your children's hearts? That is is a thought-provoking question. I've I've been thinking about that for a while. I'm glad that you asked about cultivating peace because uh, some of the conversations that I have with friends, even my husband and parents and uh, lots of people, um, they they want to know how to have a peaceful home. And mm. that's why I like to focus on cultivating it because I really think it's a process. It's not just something that you can uh, do one day and, oh, yay, I have a peaceful home. Like, wouldn't that be great though? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. I, I, oh, yes. <laughs> I, I wish it, I wish it could be. Um, but I, I think the number one thing is uh, faithfulness, mm. um, an everyday intentional choosing from the moment you wake up, like it says in Deuteronomy, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, um, you're, you're teaching. And I think cultivating has a lot to do with that too. And so some things that uh, I do in our home is um, I make sure it starts with me. Um, mm. if I know if I'm having, um, if I start with a, a quiet heart, um, and I come before the throne of grace every morning <laughs> and a lot of times during the day, um, praying, um, praying with my children, we have a short little morning time each morning and it helps that I homeschool them too. Um, but even when we weren't homeschooling and some of the nights, we would gather together and we would just read some scripture, just something short, and we would sing together. There's something about singing the Psalms or singing worship songs that really just um, ignites this sense of God is with me, God is peace. Um, So those are some small things that we do uh, every day to cultivate that peace in our That's beautiful. And I love that word faithfulness. You know, Mm. I love the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Because when I consider that our God cannot fail, He will never turn His back on us. 
you know, in us being faithful to God, um, you know, though so often we can be faithless, but God is able to help us to be faithful too. And there's great peace in that. Um, Mm. So thank you for sharing that. So friends listening today, what do you think of when you hear the word peace? I think of the various applications of the senses. You know, if I see a still pond or hear a gentle breeze, maybe wind chimes, hugging loved ones and how that embrace makes me feel, or maybe smelling something delicious from the oven. If you've bought our cookbook, you're going to be understanding what I mean by that. (laughs) These things have a calming effect on my soul. But Christ came to give us peace, a different kind of peace, a peace not like the world gives that lasts because we live in a world void of peace. So we want to unpack today some of the things that steal our peace, and we're going to be sharing the antidote for those peace robbers. So first on our list today is, and we have five that we're going to be going through with you, the first peace robber that is so prevalent today is anxiety. The next generation is probably one of the most anxious yet, with 68% feeling overwhelmed, according to an article by Josh McDowell. Social media is a huge cause of this. And I look at Psalm 94 19, it says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comfort delights my soul. If anyone knew what it was to be anxious, it was David. So if we think David can't relate or the Bible doesn't relate to us, we are wrong. If God was enough for David, he's enough for us. So practically speaking, how does God comfort us concerning anxiety? Because I think we can read that verse, your comfort delights my soul. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, one thing I think of is when we focus on the spiritual realities all around us, The physical and mental realities don't loom so large. You see, I think they're the big elephant in the room that we are constantly faced with. You know, maybe we have physical pain or or mental pain. And so we just let that occupy our mental space. But what if we were to let occupy our mental space, the incredible spiritual realities that are ours? God is for us. That ought to mean something. God is with us is the most powerful one in the universe with us. God is in us. I think we can defer and abdicate the power that is ours in Christ through the Holy Spirit. So as a mom, uh, you know, I try to help curb anxiety in my children by not letting it dominate and finding scriptures to speak to the source of anxiety that our child or our children are feeling. So to David, it was a multitude of anxieties. There will be all sorts of types of anxiety, but God's word has the cure every time. Anxiety comes from a place of not trusting God or thinking he has the solution and focusing on our ability rather than God's. That's so good, Denise. Really, that's really encouraging. My my heart's encouraged Mm -hmm. by especially as someone who's struggled with anxiety um, Mm. for a long time, that is that it's so comforting. And I I think our next um, second piece, Robert, that is very prevalent today coincides with anxiety. And our second one is comparison. Mm. Um, And I think that's really common 
among moms, especially because, um, especially with a lot of the social media things out there, um, social media can be used for good, but also for evil, as we know. Um, but as we're scrolling on social media, sometimes it's easy to see um, something that looks or like it's done better than what we're doing. Somebody else is doing motherhood better uh, mm. than we are, or uh, it appears that um, they have it all together and we don't. And so we seek to compare how maybe we can make it look better, I guess, or um, how we can not fail at motherhood or not fail at what we're doing. And that can really rob our joy and our peace. And I think just strip us of everything that God has made for us to be as mothers. We're, we're supposed to experience it and joy, even when it's hard. Um, mm. You know, nobody discounts that motherhood is hard. But yes. in that, we can we can still find joy in, in doing the hard things. Um, and I'm reminded of uh, Galatians 1.10 that I was reading, which says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that, that resonated with me, like with Paul writing to, to the Galatians and noticing some, maybe even some comparison issues there, and that they were trying to uh, seek another gospel and live under something that's already been covered. Um, and I think that with comparison in motherhood, it often stems from our identity. We're not really strong in motherhood under Christ and how Christ can help come alongside and help us with that. So mm. something that, that I've done is, um, again, going back to the throne of grace and every morning laying it down and saying, Lord, I know who I am in you. You have given me all the confidence I need. I lay everything at your feet for today. Give mm. me the strength because all of my strength comes from you. And so that's often helped me with comparison is having a um, focus on Christ in my motherhood, not how somebody, how Christ is working in somebody else's motherhood, if that makes sense. Mm. Definitely. So good. And, you know, it's funny because when you just finished up there talking about really what God was putting on my heart too was identity. Yeah. You know, the reason we are prone to comparison and while our kids are as well is because we've forgotten our identity. Hmm. We don't really know who we are in Christ. And, and so my identity isn't even wrapped up in my motherhood, though. I think mm -hmm. sometimes the roles we play, we feel like oh gosh, if someone's a better mom, you know, they made those really awesome snacks that all the kids love. And I'm just awful at that. Um, again, cookbook plug. Yes. <laughs> you can make the best snacks. No, I'm just teasing. No, but the identity um, crisis hmm. is really what is the problem there because we worry so much. And I love the scripture you picked there from Galatians 1.10 it is really trying to please man and it's really an audience of one and knowing who we are yeah. in Christ that frees us and gives us that complete peace because let's face it, it's a treadmill um, in this life of trying to please others. And so 
I love that. And in our house with our kids and how we can cultivate that peace by first being an example of not being prone to comparison, but then helping our kids not to do that either and knowing who they are in Christ. Mm. A third piece, Robert, that's so prevalent today, I'm just going to call it drama, y'all. This is, you know, all my kids, you know, I think all of you probably experienced this too, where a kid comes home where they give you a call and someone was mean or someone said this or someone was offended. Well, unpacking drama a bit, it's just too much concern about what other people think, coupled with being offended. So teaching our kids to not bite the bait of being offended is a big culture change and really an offended culture. Think about it. There's so many lawsuits today, right? Why? Because people are all mad at each other. They're going to get each other back. They're going to sue each other in court. It's awful. And and even the church, I see this where people are offended. So what are they going to do? They're going to gossip. They're going to talk about you and they're going to just forget it. They're going to shun you. That is not how the church is to behave. And so in our homes, we cultivate this place of peace by not permitting drama in our home. You know, we're going to deal with, as scripture talks about, before the sun goes down on my anger, you know, I'm going to make sure that I've forgiven from my heart, not just the the grudging, I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) which means nothing, right? (laughs) But we need to exhibit that behavior in our own, but then help our kids work through it too. Lord willing, they come and talk to us about it. And we say, okay, let's look what the real attitude is here. Why do you think this person is behaving this way? And then why are you responding in this way? So I think to pragmatically examine what's really behind the drama. And then let's obey scripture. Proverbs 19.11 says, and if we look at the NIV version, a person's wisdom yields patience. Mm-hmm. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So wisdom helps us be patient. So, you know, if we have someone who is really angry with us, offended with us, if we're wise, uh, and I just had a circumstance last night <laughs> where I was being approached on something and the Lord just told me, you just be still. Mm-hmm. You know, you just smile, (laughs) which by God's grace I did. Wisdom yields patience. The New Living Translation says sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. So I've told my children since they were little to seek out wisdom because it's small-minded people who get bugged over everything. Mm -hmm. But when you walk in wisdom, you recognize that just doesn't matter in light of eternity. So wisdom helps us to realize what just doesn't matter. And being offended means we have to deal with the root of pride. Overlooking wrongs or offenses is something God has called us to do. He overlooked our offenses. So when we are thinking about drama in our life, we need to look and examine how are we outside of our home? Because integrity says, I'm going to be the same person. Am I in my home being a person who has a short fuse? Am I someone who uh, exhibits grace? And then who am I when I step out of the house? And so these are hard things, but cultivating peace happens when we are our authentic self in Christ and we choose not to bite the bait of being offended. You know, um, even in that situation that I alluded to 
last night. We're not to blame for people's imaginations or offenses. Sometimes it is so silly, so silly what people get upset about. But we are accountable if we create an offense. And there, if we humble ourselves and say, wow, I'm really sorry. That wasn't my heart. So just to put this all together, drama ceases when we simply overlook offenses and Mm -hmm. forgive. I love that. Looking over offenses. That's something that I have used um, with my past students and even with my children about um, covering it in love is what I've used rather than getting bothered Mm. about whatever drama is going on because sometimes it's really not that big of a deal. We're just choosing to be, you know, offended by it. And so I've just used the term, okay, we're just, we're just going to cover that in love and move on (laughs) because I think that's just really, it's just a a term that our, our children, our little children can understand, you know, we're going to love these people in Christ and just choose not to be offended about things. And um, I also think that's a good, um, drama can also seem more, for lack of a better word, dramatic when we're, <laughs> when we're super busy, like unnecessarily busy, um, which is, I think, an, a fourth piece, Robert, that's prevalent today is we're really busy, like not just going to work and coming home and doing you know, extracurricular activities and all of those things aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. But sometimes we, I think, tend to put more on our plate than need be. And it can create a really overwhelmed spirit. And sometimes Mm. the busyness can't really be helped. Like we have those commitments that we have to do. And if we find ourselves in a situation like that for a season or or however long, I think we can work extra more on cultivating a peaceful heart. Um, Because if our heart is peaceful, the extenuating outside circumstances won't have such of an impact on our soul. And um, I'm reminded of Psalm 61 or 62, excuse me, Psalm 62, one, which says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Um, I think when we're so busy and we're dealing with distractions everywhere, um, which again is not necessarily a bad thing, um, but we can limit them and we can choose how we handle the busyness of life. We can learn um, or choose to, to prioritize, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do in this season? Have I, have I taken on too many mm-hmm. things and have the things that uh, I need to take on or I've already committed to, how can I... Um, how can I work for you in this season? And how can I slowly, peacefully, calmly handle um, the the busyness that's going around? And I think even with um, being at home, maybe moms have lots of littles running around and it just seems kind of, it seems busy, 
Um, but I, I think there's ways that we can de- determine whatever distractions are around um, what's causing uh, our spirits to be pulled away from God's leading rather than toward his leading. Um, and just taking some minutes to step back and reevaluate some of those things and getting alone and connecting um, with the Lord um, can help us not be so anxious and unfocused in those busy seasons. Mm. I'm going to say right now, I am guilty as charged when it comes to being too busy. And, you know, I, I have just a few more weeks, well, maybe even just a couple weeks before I graduate with my master's degree in biblical exposition from Liberty. And I'm super excited. I've loved just every bit of it learning, but uh, I am over capacity, you know, uh, with it. And so I have to confess, I mean, God's grace has been enough and I just focus on what is in front of me. <laughs> and that's how I have peace in a busy season is it's okay. These are all the things before me, Lord, help me do one at a time. Mm-hmm. And he's given me grace to do that. I think sometimes why we can feel like things are too crazy is because we aren't maybe writing some of those things down and getting them off of our mind. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me a lot. So oh, love that. Um, good topic. And uh, I am totally guilty as charged, as I said. <laughs> so um, number five, uh, peace robber. And our final one is envy. Um, so teaching our children to be content with what God provided is so key especially with the propaganda influencing them constantly. This is where we as parents can limit the influence, take away electronics. You know, recently I did that with my youngest son. He's like, why am I being punished? (laughs) And I said, it's actually not a punishment. It's a blessing. You see, he thought something must be wrong to take those things away. But I said, I think we've had enough today. And, you know, I keep his uh, cell phone plugged on the counter, did that with other children, got five kids in case some of y'all didn't know that. And, you know, uh, these different rules I have, I get, let me tell you, he has a friend right now who doesn't appreciate my rules. (laughs) But our goal isn't to be popular. And, and so taking away some things. And so even even with him, there's times where, well, this person has this and I'd like to have that. And I'm like, I understand that want. But, you know, um, it, when it becomes envy, when it becomes coveting, we're in sin territory. And that does rob us of peace. So sometimes um, part of it is I, I take away electronics, other things, to kind of give them space to think. Because to your point with busyness, we get so busy, they don't think, and they're just cultivating what? Thoughts of envy, thoughts of um, bitterness, thoughts of whatever that are preventing them from being at peace. So uh, part of curbing the envy and curbing all of these points we've listed is you guys need some space to think and be in God's word. That's what we need to put in there. So we don't have the comparison that Daniel talked about with envy, but we do have a yearning for what other people have. So the comparison can't be at the root of that. And I think Paul spoke so beautifully to this in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I'm not saying this because I am in need. You see, a lot of times we have wants. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You see, we have the secret, but we just aren't often utilizing that. Contentedness comes from a humble heart that's not entitled or thinking that it deserves more. We might need to address ingratitude with truth from God's word to be able to enjoy the peace that contentment brings. You know, uh, my poor youngest son better not listen to this episode because he's going to be like, man, you picked on me. (laughs) But one of the things and discussions we have is we're not into premium, okay? Like every car we've bought has been used. Mm. We save up for those things. And, And so sometimes we've seen oh, I don't want this because it's not new. And we're like, we're going to intentionally get used then because we don't want to feed a heart that's saying, I want the best. We want to be content and trust what God has given us is enough for us. So, wow, we've hit on some great five main things that can steal our peace. And we've offered Mm -hmm. some ways to counter that. So, Daniel, just in closing here, how can moms restore peace? Okay, maybe they're listening today. They're saying, oh, forget it. I can't do all these things. And you don't know how crazy my house is. I've got a kid who's off the wall. You know, I've got another one that's ADHD. I don't know. Maybe they feel like their home is the opposite of peace. What's something they can do right now to help them restore peace? Well, one thing that I do Um, in the moment, if my kids are home, that um, really helps with feeling less chaotic and more calm, more in control is, and it's going to sound unattainable, but I promise you it's totally possible. Get alone and connect with the Lord. Even if you can't be physically alone because you have children everywhere, Um, If you are scrubbing dishes or changing diapers or giving a bath or even putting laundry in, chances are you've memorized some sort of verse that's going to pull you back from losing your mind back into the peace of Christ. And so I even have little verses um, that I've just put on little three by five cards um, in the laundry room or at the changing table or Uh, by the sink, just in places, and chances are your children can see them too. So that's just a super subtle way to to train them to uh, memorize the Word of God and and pull that um, into their souls so they can um, send it out into the world later. Uh, Another thing that is really helpful if you feel like your home is really chaotic and you are at a place where you're going to lose you're just going to lose your mind. Um, We just stop and we say, okay, let's just all stop and read a book. And, and it doesn't Mm. matter how old your, your kids are. Like there's some sort of fairy tale that they like or poems that they like. And that just calms things down an immediate calm in the moment. Here's some snacks. Let's read a story. (laughs) (laughs) Bribe them with food, people. That's the end of the story. Seriously, it I helps agree. y'all. It it is it is really good. It sounds it sounds no, really simple, it's so it's good. Sad, but it it works. I promise it works. And you know what? Too one thing I did with my kids was I would just get on the floor and kneel right in front of them and say, "Let's pray together." Uh huh. We need God right now. Mm-hmm. We need God. 
So this has been so good. You know, just thinking about who would want the opposite of peace, right? Who would want that? No one, right? Chaos, anxiety, anger, anyone volunteering for that? No. No. And Jesus came to give us his peace. John 14, 27 says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So we have two do nots there and we have the word let. So we do have a choice. In the New Living Translation, that was the NIV I just read. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, I think sometimes if we hear that, we think, oh, great. Thank you so much. Yeah, just don't be troubled. Well, it's not exactly like that. It means right there, we have a choice, though. We can take captive our thoughts and we can say, God, I feel anxious right now. And we can go, and I tell people all the time, go Google the word scriptures for anxiety, scriptures for Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're going through. So we do have a choice, friends. This piece is a gift, but it will mean rooting out the peace killers in our life. We went through five of them here today. There's so many more. And verse 26, before I just read, you know, it's significant in how we access this peace. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've told you. So sometimes it's stopping yourself, just like Danielle said, oh God, I need you. Holy Spirit, help me. So friends, God can meet you at the place of anxiety, overwhelm, anger, frustration. Let the Holy Spirit rule in your life, friends, not the peace killers. Peace is a choice. Thank you, Danielle, for helping me cover this topic today. Absolutely. It was, it was a great time. Oh, I loved it. And we'll have to have more episodes like this. And I hope that you'll join us this whole month as we cover topics that will encourage moms in the faith. And so you've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the word of God for the answers to life's problems. 